Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. How is everyone doing on this Sunday daytime? We are coming to you live here on um, Sunday, February 13th, 2022. We're about halfway done with the uh, month already, guys. And uh, things are swimming along just... uh, Reasonably and fine, I would say, and uh, I would like to welcome, welcome, welcome everyone back to a new episode of What? This is Lone Star News, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to remove this from the screen real quick just because it kind of like, things are getting a little bit busy on this screen here, right? Okay. If we need to bring up the uh, number, number for the Texas Capital Switchboard... I'll pop it on the screen, guys. I'll pop it on the screen. But nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome back to uh, the long gone but not forgotten Lone Star News. We bring this to you live, ladies and gentlemen, here at Mr. C TV and the Mr. C channel. Depending on what neck of the woods that you are in, you will most definitely uh, be able to hang out and check out some of this uh, information, guys. I've had a lot of requests. I've had a lot of questions. I've had a lot of concerns about uh, whether or not we'll be bringing back Lone Star News to the airwaves. And I'm happy to say, guys, I mean, yes, I know we need to take care of our backyard. That is by far the most important thing for us to be concerned with. And so uh, I wanted to make sure you guys knew that I was not going to forget about my dear fellow Texans, ladies and gentlemen, uh, but that um, I was indeed going to, uh, you know, bring this thing back. And we, I mean, come on, it is primary season here in Texas. We got some, uh, we got some pretty, we got some pretty big, uh, how you say, got some pretty big um, concerns here coming up after all. We got the Texas governor's race. We got primaries. We got uh, we got some pretty good contenders. We've got to get Rhino Abbott out. Long gone. Goodbye, Rhino Abbott. Uh, but we'll see where we do in that uh, in that regard, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, basically, basically what we're saying here is uh, um, today, as we bring back Lone Star News into. Uh, into the cycle here over at Mr. CTV as we start to settle back into talking about current events, current affairs, concerns from our good patriot base here over at this channel. Uh, we're going to kick it off with some um, governatorial information, guys. We're going to be doing a couple of spotlights over the next two episodes uh, uh, specifically surrounding Two of the candidates that I think, in my honest and humble opinion, would be the best shots at dethroning and unseating Rhino Abbott here in the state of Texas. Now, I've been doing some of my homework, guys, while we've been uh, in recess from Lone Star News. I'm starting to get back into the swing of things. I'm starting to find my groove again. And that's why you've been seeing a lot of Mr. C around the block now. You know, we're not a 24-hour channel by any means, the Mr. C TV channel or Mr. C channel, whichever uh, whichever channel you might be watching, but uh, roving content is definitely something that I would like to do a goal of mine, you know, where uh, wherein I might just pop up one day and give you a news report and you won't know about it, but at the same time, I do want to try and uh, maintain some semblance of a schedule 
So we've been working on it with the C report. I'm trying to keep it somewhere between the 7 and 8 p.m. hour central time. Sometimes it's 7.30, sometimes it's 7.45, sometimes it's 8, sometimes it's 7. But uh, just, you know, so this way we know I'll be live somewhere in that neighborhood for the C report. Now, Mr. C in the dark, of course, we tend to do that well until the moon's rising. So uh, midnight, 11, 10 p.m. I think 10 p.m. is usually the earliest that we'll do uh, Mr. C in the dark. And uh, if you guys did not get to check out Mr. C in the Dark yesterday, or this morning, I should say, uh, you guys are missing out on a really good episode. I got some really good feedback from yesterday's Mr. C in the Dark episode. Um, we did not talk about Les Wexner. We did not talk about human trafficking and the connections to the mob and U.S. government. But we most definitely did talk about the connection between Satanism and celebrities, starting with uh, Aleister Crowley all the way up until Marina Abramovic. So that was uh, that was a pretty intense episode yesterday, guys. A pretty intense episode. I would recommend that you go and check it out over at, uh, if you're over there on Foxhole or Pilled, you should be able to see that archived episode. If you're hanging out over at Clout Hub or at Rumble, it'll be there for your pleasure as well. If you're watching on Twitch, you got about, I don't know, 14 days to watch it, but they do cut out some of the sound because I tend to use sound that is not legal for live streaming. At least I don't have the permissions. But uh, hey, I'll take Twitch silencing that, uh, you know, those few minutes of sound versus just pulling the entire episode. I'm totally fine with that. So, uh, I mean, you're just missing out on, you know, this is the end by the doors. We all know it. We've all heard it. So it's not like you're missing much. It just uh, adds a little bit of uh, atmosphere to the video that was playing behind it. So anyways... Check out yesterday's episode or last night's episode or this morning's episode of Mr. C in the Dark if you haven't seen it. I highly recommend it. Uh, but yeah, so we're starting to get back into the swing of things. I promised you guys we would have a Lone Star News available today. I mean, available this week. And you know, guys, there's nothing like the last minute. So I wanted to make sure I got you all this episode. So let me give you guys a rundown now. If you are brand new to the show... And uh, if you're on Rumble or if you are on, uh, well, Rumble really specifically, you've never seen this show before. You don't know what the show is all about. What is going on here? Who's this, uh, who's this uh, you know, short-haired, bald-headed man in a vest standing in front of the Lone Star State, the flag there? Well, that I am, I am Mr. C. My name is Michael Aaron Gossetis, but all my friends call me Mr. C., and, uh, you know, I do The Sea Report as well as uh, Mr. C in the Dark, two different shows. This is the third show I do, and this show is a Texas-centric show. It's all about the state of Texas. It's all about our current affairs, current events, and politics. And uh, if you are listening over on the podcast, well, it's good to be back, guys. It's good to be back. We're on episode number 21 today, and we will be talking about the governor's race. Now, just so you all know, ladies and gentlemen... We have two focuses for the next two episodes. We're going to be talking about the two candidates that I believe are the best bets at unseating Governor Rhino Abbott. Now, uh, admittedly, one of those candidates I am not a huge fan of, okay? Um, and I have done some digging, and I have also been able to um, kind of debunk some of the rumors around this candidate, 
Um, and he's the candidate that we're going to talk about first and foremost today, and that is one state, former state senator, Don Huffines. Now, Don Huffines, of the entire pool of candidates who are running for Texas governor, is one of the two candidates that I think would have the best, um, the best uh, chance of beating out Senator, Senator, Governor Rhino Abbott. Now, is Don Huffines, uh, just by looking at polls and such, is he, uh, is, has he beaten Abbott? No, he hasn't. Okay. Now, when we're talking about one of two senators, I mean, one of two candidates, uh, the second candidate that we will be doing a spotlight on is actually going to be Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Now, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, we'll do an episode on him in our next episode. We're going to do a spotlight on him. I'll dig. I'll find the articles that I can. I'll find whatever I can on Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. And we'll present that out to you guys so that you can formulate your own opinion on whom you would like to vote for. Because even though I have an opinion and I feel like I know who I'm going to be casting my vote for, I want to make sure that I am not influencing you all to a point. And this is more important to me in the sphere of Texas politics that you guys just get the information, okay? And then you guys assess and make your own decisions because I respect you guys and I love you guys. And, you know, even if we have a difference of opinion, I'm pretty sure that uh, our hearts are all in the right place there. Okay, Um, so we'll get into that. Now, I will also say, ladies and gentlemen, in regards to Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, I've been speaking with his campaign and uh, I have it on good word that somewhere in the next two weeks he will be here with us at Mr. CTV. I can't tell you if it's going to be a live show yet or if it's going to be a pre-recorded interview, Uh, but I will be speaking with Lieutenant Colonel Alan West sometime in the next two weeks, and I will be sharing that with you guys. Um, I don't know yet if it's going to be on a Lone Star News episode. I don't know if it's going to be on a Sea Report episode. It's going to be on one of those two guys, but I will most definitely let you know as we are working out the details of that interview right now. And uh, I do have confirmation that we will have Alan West on this channel. So, guys, if you are a Texas voter, if you are Texas kin, if you are a Texas resident, and you have any questions, anything that comes to the top of your mind that you would like to ask Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, governor, candidate, this year against Rhino Abbott, send those to me stat, Okay. You can use thecreport.com and use the uh, and use the uh, contact information form. You can use thecreport at protonmail.com, or you can contact me directly through pill.net. Find my account, Mister C. <laughs> Don't forget the period and the space between Mister and C. Okay, M R period space C. That's the easiest way to find me. Um, and send me those questions. Now, I've already given them an outline of what I want to talk about, okay? I've already given them an outline of the, the points that I want to go into whenever I get to speak to uh, the colonel. I don't know how much time I'm going to have. I might have five minutes. I might have 15 minutes. They might be generous with me and give me 30 minutes. They might be really generous with me and give me an hour. But I really want... To, there's, there's, some, there's some topics that I really want to highlight with the colonel. Uh, some of the things that he said that actually I quite approve of and I really want to dig into it with him. And there's some other topics I'm really concerned about myself. But uh, 
I know that a bunch of the uh, uh, audience out there, you guys have your own questions as well about uh, some things that are concerning you here in our great state of Texas. So get me those questions, guys. Stat, stat, stat. TheCReport.com. Use the contact form. TheCReport at ProtonMail.com or get a hold of me at Pilled.net. Those are like, those three avenues are the things I check the most. I probably, uh, I probably check my pilled um, account uh, messaging more frequently, which is saying something because some of you guys, like I still don't get back to you guys like within a day, but I do get back to you guys a lot quicker than I do with other, uh, with other, uh, other means of uh, communication. All right. So that's the big whoop there, guys. We will, we will be having Lieutenant Colonel Alan West on our show and I will give you guys that information as soon as it becomes available. All right. So with that said, let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump into this news about, uh, the Texas governor's race. Oh, but wait, I would be remiss. I would be remiss if I did not uh, first uh, jump into the chat there. Uh, let's see here. Home base chat over at Pilled and Foxhole. We got Kaori. Hey, Kaori. Uh, what's going on? Um, I, I saw a message, but uh, I'll get back with you as soon as I can, Kaori. Uh, classical chick. Good evening. Good to see you. And yes, Oh, so Classical Chick verifies. If you are over there on Foxhole or Pill.net, you will get notifications when I go live. She says, I get alerts when you go live. Perfect. That's so perfect. So uh, you guys go over to Pill.net or Foxhole, or if you're already on that platform, Make sure you follow the make sure you follow my account over at pill.net and make sure over on foxhole.app you favorite my show. Cause I don't know if Classical Chick has favorited my show, but if she did, that's probably another reason why she gets those alerts. And don't forget you also have to like put in your phone number and your email and stuff like that. And that way you can definitely get those uh notifications. Pew 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 says Sazzy Q. Hey, what's going on, sweetie? Good to see you in the audience today. Awesome, awesome. And uh let's see here. I just red pilled a 19-year-old on Abrima and Lady Gagay. She took it well. Oh, that is awesome, Sazzy Q. Sazzy Q, did you see my episode last night? Last night, we didn't just talk about, oh, uh, spirit cooking. I gave you guys an entire retrospect on Abrima Abramovic, uh, Marina Abramovic. We're talking like, this was basically like um, um, art appreciation, okay? Like, we went into her work. We looked at a whole bunch about her. But the number one theme that I wanted you guys to remember is that in this day and age, you have Satanists and you have people with evil intentions that use artwork as a cover for their true intentions. That's kind of what I was trying to get out whenever we were showing yesterday's uh, episode of Mr. C in the Dark. We had to take a break from the Les Wexner mob human trafficking story because that has so much information, it fries the brain. I didn't want to give it to you guys back to back like that. But uh, the next episode of Mr. C in the Dark, we will be talking again about Les Wexner, the mob connections, mega group, and human and child sex trafficking. So stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen, because it is coming up most definitely. Don't forget, if you're over there at Foxhole or at Pill, favorite this show. If you favorite this show, you will most definitely get notifications when I go live. And uh, I love you guys. 
Okay. Classical Chick says, Hi, snuck in between the daughter's B-Day cake and taking the dog outside. Shh, I'm attending in real life with focus. <laughs> I won't tell your pooch, Classical Chick, that you're only semi paying attention to the dog. <laughs> I promise, okay? Uh, let's see here. Um, Kaori, you just messaged the same message again. Um, okay, I got you, buddy. Give me some time. I know you're in a circumstance and I appreciate that all of a sudden you want to become a mod for my show, but you need to give me some time and I will get back to you, sir. Okay. Uh, Vanguard 360. What's going on, Vanguard? I know Vanguard 360 as another name, but I appreciate you gifting the can either way, Vanguard. And it's great to see you in the audience. Hello, Sherry Pittsburgh. How are you doing tonight? Sazzy Q says, I was working all weekend, so I'd not been able to see the late shows. Well, you know, then it's pretty cool that you were able to read, not because, oh, you know, you saw my show and you were able to red pill a 19 year old about Marina Abramovic and Lady Gage, but it's pretty cool that we were synced up like that. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Pretty cool that we were synced up like that. So awesome, 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 guys. Okay. All right. We got to get in today's episode of Lone Star News. I kind of an open-ended time schedule for today. Uh, typically, our Lone Star News would run about an hour, but uh, I'm not going to put a limit on that today. I think the max will be here is two hours because we're going to go through a lot of articles about this Don Huffines guy because people are curious, who is Don Huffines? Now, I could tell you right out of the gates that I don't... I don't like the cut of his face. Okay, you know people say I don't like the cut the, the cut of his jibe or whatever. I don't like the cut of his face because to me it looks like he's had so much plastic surgery, you know, like I don't know if I could trust the man. Like I can't tell if he's being sincere or genuine with all that plastic surgery. But either way, you know, we are going to uh, talk about him today. I'll say at the very head of the episode, some of the things I've heard about this man is he's tied to big money. He's tied to big banking. Uh, in, in my research on this man, I could find no such situations. Uh, I think I might possibly have a breakdown of his finances. Okay. And I'm pretty sure I kept a note on that somewhere. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, so this way you guys can have a sense of his net worth. And then, you know, maybe through that knowledge, you can determine how you feel about the man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have, I have, I have a, I have a breakdown of his net worth. So we'll look at that before we get into his articles, but in no sense of the meaning, could I find any information, articles, news, etc., that talked about him being connected to big banking him connected to big oil, you know, kind of like the typical red flags that we look for whenever we're going into, uh, you know, researching and uh, digging into, uh, you know, politicians and what could, po who could possibly be pulling their strings. So that's a good thing. Okay. That's a good thing. So that bodes well for Don Huffines. Okay. Now, um, let me, <laughs> let me tell you what guys, I found a lot of information out about Don Huffines. Um, when we're talking about someone who has who has been a senator or a representative at the state level or even at the federal level okay it's a super easy job because all you have to do is look at their voting record i mean they could say one thing and do one thing on tv or in print but um you look at their voting record and it speaks clearly for who they really are so 
Hey, Tombstone, what's going on, sir? Good to see you in the audience, buddy. So when we're talking about Tombstone, when we're talking about Tombstone, so when we... (laughs) Tombstone, you're on my mind now. So when we're talking about, you know, the candidates uh, that we're going to be looking at for the governor's position here in Texas, um, it's so much easier when they've already had a seat in the House. Like I said, whether that's senator or whether that's representative congressman, um, uh, Huffines has actually been a state senator. He was a one-term state senator. Now, I got to say, him being a one-term state senator also kind of bodes well for him when we consider the way Texas runs its politics. And it's a horse and pony show, totally pre-planned, pay to play, go along to get along, and you will stay along with the good old boys club is what it's like in the state of Texas. Now, Texans always boast about how great and how everything's bigger and blah, 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 Texas, right? I love Texas and I'll never, ever, ever deny that. But they do, do they boast about how their rhino population is the best, the biggest in, uh, in, the, in the whole country? Do they boast about how they are so good at swindling, bamboozling, deceiving and tricking Texans? Do they? Nah, they don't talk about that, but uh, they definitely talk about all their other great feats and sizes and etc. But uh, like I said, you're not, you may not be used to hearing a Texan talk like this about Texas, but uh, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, that is the case here in this state. Now, before we get into Don Huffines, I took a look at the uh, field of candidates for those who are running for governor on the GOP, the Republican conservative ballot, okay? So as it turns out, aside from Rhino Abbott, Don Huffines, Chad Prather, and Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, we have four other candidates who are running for office in the state of Texas. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That means we've got a total of eight, a total of eight candidates to choose from for the GOP ticket here in Texas. So I wanted to uh, I wanted to introduce you all, the fair audience, to the other candidates who are running for governor. Uh, we're not going to uh, I'm not going to show you guys Don in the next uh, section because we're we're going to we're I mean, we're going to talk about him. This whole episode is going to be dedicated to Don Huffines. So uh, and the next episode is the whole episode is going to be dedicated to Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. Uh, we're not going to talk about Chad Prather because we already know about Chad Prather. We've seen him during the uh, uh, governor forums uh, the debates. And we're not going to talk about Abbott because, well, obviously. But for your eyes, ears, and consideration, ladies and gentlemen, here are the other candidates running for governor in the state of Texas. First up, we have this man. His name is Paul Ballou, ladies and gentlemen. Paul Ballou. I don't know. I mean, just the... (laughs) Dude, whoever put that hairline on you, whoever did your hair, (laughs) they absolutely have no idea what they're doing. It looks so unnatural. Anyways, okay, so here's Paul Ballou. 
He is also running for governor in the state of Texas. A little bit about Paul Ballou, other than the fact that he has a totally unnatural hairline, is Paul Ballou is a fourth generation Wise County resident with a background as a criminal defense attorney. After trying from 200 to 250 cases, some people associate him with being a liberal. He indeed is a conservative Republican and the black sheep of the Texas Conservative Patriot Party, which is probably why I have not been formally endorsing him. I would not for, yeah, sorry, this is a, this is a little write-up I'm reading. Uh, it says, he speaks his mind and gives it to you straight and is ready to see Texas more Texas again. I don't know. Uh, there's, there is a comedian that this guy, just looking at him, right, reminds me of. I can't think of this guy's name. What is his name? Um, he's a comedian here in Texas. Uh <laughs> What is this guy's name? I can't... Let me think of his name real quick. Let me think of his name. Let me think of the comedian's name that this guy... No, maybe it's not even a comedian I'm thinking of. There is someone this guy reminds me of, but I could tell you for a fact, I don't like the look of his face. <laughs> I, don't, I like it even less than I like Don Huffine's face. Ron White, okay? <laughs> Ah, this guy reminds me of Ron White for some reason. But look at that fake hairline, guys. I mean, come on. Okay, if I were judging this man, uh, whether or not I'd vote for him based on a hairline, he would lose. But he kind of reminds, he kind of looks like Ron White to me for some reason. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. That's just the vibe I get, okay? So, yes, Java, what's up, buddy? You got it. Ron White. Like... <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's awesome, you guys. You guys are right on the same wavelength as I say, hey, Duppy, what's up? Yep, they're all, everyone's agreeing, Ron White it is, Ron White it is. <laughs> hey, Pamela Roll, what's going on, sweetie? Good to see you in the audience. Glad you're hanging out. We are talking Texas today, and we are talking the Texas governor candidates, okay? Now, we're just going to run through these first four because today we are focusing on Don Huffines. He is the man we are talking about today. He will totally monopolize tonight's episode. Now, uh, let's go to our next candidate. There's eight of them, guys. Okay, so we got Huffines. We got Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. We got Chad Prather. We got rhino abbott and then we have four more so there's this guy in case you never heard of him his name is paul Ballou. paul Ballou, ladies and gentlemen all right this guy his name is danny harrison all right danny god this guy looks like he been hanging out with matthew mcconaughey and willie nelson and uh he wants to put it in a bun but he knows if he does people will figure out that he's actually liberal okay i don't know i've never heard of this man Danny Harrison. Okay, uh, Danny Harrison, according to uh, this write-up, it says, by identifying a plan to create opportunity through more effective, more efficient, and more Texas-first focused state government, Danny Harrison wants to grow Texas without furthering, further burdening private property owners and county governments. Danny Harrison is not a career politician and has never held public office that is what makes him unique, and Danny Harrison is fighting every day to make government work for the people, eliminate unnecessary government regulations, ease unfunded mandates, and reduce the tax burden on working Texans. 
Danny Harrison coming out of nowhere is Danny Harrison, ladies and gentlemen. Hair is son or hair. Well, let me tell you what, Sazzy Q. He is more of a hair is son than he is a hair is on like Paul Ballou. <laughs> Great puns there. I love it. Okay, check this one out, guys. Check this one out. Okay, here's here's our other, here's our other uh, our other candidate running in the bouts. Okay, this one's name, ladies and gentlemen, is Lady Baron von Candy K Horn. Okay, so I don't know. Do you guys want to vote for Lady Baron Baroness? Pardon me, Lady Baroness Candy K Horn running for Texas governor. Look at her, guys. She clearly does not either. She does not know the meaning of a uh, of a birthday uh, tassel. Whenever you or or this woman stapled twenty dollar bills and hundred dollar bills all over her blouse. I mean, come on, girl. You may as well make it made out of money. Why are you just going to staple it on your blouse? That's not how you go looking rich. Or, oh, wait, are you trying to tell the people of Texas that that's how you spend your money? You waste it? Oh, that's a slave. Do you know how many Texans are like, oh, gee, I wish I had a Franklin or I wish I had a Jackson to just staple on my blouse? All right, Baroness Candy K. Horn. Good job there. <laughs> Ah, okay, Baroness Candy K. Horn, we're really going to vote for you, lady. Okay, let's see what's up with Baroness Candy Cane. Candy, yeah, Candy Cane Horn, right. It's Candy K. That's K as in every kiss begins with K. Horn, no E. Uh, what do they say about Candy K. Horn? Candy K. Horn is a successful conservative Christian businesswoman. You can tell the way she just staples money all over her blouse that she's uh, definitely an upstanding and cons- she does she doesn't waste money, guys. She's conservative. She staples it on her blouse, and then she and then and then when people ask her for money on the street, she just looks at them with disgust. I bet, right? They're like, "But you got it stapled to your blouse, woman." <laughs> Why wouldn't you just give me a dollar? I'm not asking for you to pull that Franklin off. Anyways, uh, she's a successful conservative businesswoman, Christian, and she is ready to lead Texas into a future of more secure borders, lower taxes, and true energy independence. Self-made as a self-made woman and philanthropist, she brings decades of business acumen and success to the Republican field. Okay, we don't need to waste our time with Candy Baroness, Candy K. Horn. I will tell you, I was able to find articles where she is getting, uh, where she is getting uh, thanks and gratitude from organizations and the likes of Pedo Jackson Lee. Like, Pedo Jackson Lee is, we would like to thank Lady Baroness Candy K. Horn for donating money to our cause and our organization. Candy K. Horn, girl, take a seat. You, oh man, you want to talk about splitting the vote? I don't even want to know. You know, because there are going to be people out there, and I, I, I disdain to say it, but you know there are going to be people out there in Texas are going to say, well, I'm going to vote for Baroness Candy K. Horn because she's the only woman running on the ticket. And it's about time we Texans had another Texas governor woman. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's whatever, guys. So 
Candy K Horn, just go back to whatever candy corn you came from. Take your blouse of stapled dollar. You would think that you would have a little bit more taste in that with the silver spoon that has apparently been lodged down your throat. Woman. Woman. Okay. <laughs> Java, you're right. She needs to fire her PR staff. Just like Cocaine Mitch and his and his his weird constipated frowns. Like they always take pictures of Cocaine Mitch with the weird constipated frown. They I'm, I bet you every picture I come across of Candy K Corn or Horn, she probably has like money stapled to her clothes. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, that's gonna bring us to our final alternate candidate for governor here in the state of Texas. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is one... What? Wait, what? What? Rick Perry? Rick Perry's running for governor? What you talking about? Rick Perry was already governor. I mean, come on. (laughs) Okay. I don't have anything to say about this one. The only thing I could tell you is that there is another candidate running for governor. Yes, his name is Rick Perry. No, he is not this foppish clown of a previous governor that we are talking about. So, and it's funny because you would think, you would think that with another candidate running with the name Rick Perry, there would be write-ups, there would be photos, there would be biographies. If it was really a serious candidate, you would think that they would do everything in their power, the media or even his, his even his uh, campaign manager would do everything in their power to make sure that the Texans and the people of the state knew for a fact that the Rick Perry who is running for office currently is not the former governor. But that's why I think... That's why I think the Rick Perry who's running for governor right now, his name is Ricky Lynn Perry. He's from Springmeyer, Texas, if I'm not mistaken. He's basically like, like one of those fake accounts, okay? The Rick Perry who's running for governor is a fake account made up by some other Texan who's just parading around, making a, pretending to run for governor, pretending to need your vote, pretending to want your money, okay? Do you guys get what I'm saying? Do you follow what I'm saying here? Like, there, there, there's even news reports, and there is also one single article about Rick Perry not being Rick Perry, and that same article is funneled and parroted to every other news agency this side of the Colorado River, the Rio Grande, and the Oklahoma border, okay? And even in national news. And it's the same word for word, the same exact article with no pictures of Ricky Lynn Perry, with no biography, just it's not Rick Perry, the governor. But I saw this interesting analysis that I actually very much quite agree with. And that analysis says, well, you will have uneducated voters who go to the polls for the Republican primary and they'll see the name Rick Perry on it and they'll vote for him because they assume that it is the former governor. So uneducated, underinformed, not that they're not educated, but just that they did not educate themselves about who's on the ballot. Okay. Low, what do they call that? Low something voters, low, low, uh, 
I don't know, low, low research voters, whatever it's called. Point of the matter here is I could not find a single picture of Ricky Lynn Perry who's running for governor. I, I'm pretty sure that this might sound like it is uh, conspiratorial, Ill, conspiratorial or paranoid, but when we're talking about instances like this, this to me is what I identify as a candidate who's being thrown into the race to split the vote, take votes, not a serious candidate, just there to ensure that certain other um, certain other candidates don't receive the benefit of that vote because a low-informed Texan went and signed up for Rick Perry because they know he was governor and he worked for Trump in the energy administration or whatever he was under Trump. So a good example of uh, low IQ voters. Thank you, Duppy. A good example here of uh, well, low IQ, right? That's still calling them uneducated, isn't it? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Thumper Rose. Hey, what's up, Thumper Rose? Uh, Thumper Rose says, will he be on the ballot? Yes, he is on the ballot. Uh, there was question about whether or not that would be legal for him to be on the ballot because his name is Rick Perry. He is a, he is an official candidate for at least for the primary, okay? Like, we have eight, eight candidates, guys, and uh, we just went through four of them. That is Paul Ballou, Danny Harrison, Baroness, Candy K. Horn, uh, Patrick, Patrick Duffy. Uh, <laughs> why did I say Patrick Duffy looking at Rick Perry? Rick Perry. And then, uh, and then of course, Don Huffines, Chad Prather, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West and Rhino Abbott. Okay. Now for those of you who are rolling in just now, uh, today and the next episode, we will be looking at whom I believe are the two candidates that have the best shot at unseating Rhino Abbott, okay? And uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to start with this man, Don Huffines, okay? So let's go ahead and get Don on the board here so we can talk a little bit about him. Now, like you guys, if you guys have been watching my shows or if you've been listening to my podcasts, you know that I don't, I don't particularly have favor for Don Huffines, um, and again, the point of today's show is not for me to tell you who to vote for. I'm going to show you all of the pertinent information, at least what I thought was pertinent about this candidate. Okay. And as I expressed a little bit ago, I already, I already kind of dispelled some things for myself. I heard this man was connected to big banking. I heard this man was connected to big oil. I heard this man was connected to big money and he had big money players that he was in the pocket of. Let me just tell you that in the course of researching Don Huffines, I did not find anything to suggest that he was like working for the Koch brothers or, you know, he was in the hands of big oil or, you know, he was uh, receiving money from big banking. And so none of that. I didn't find any of that, guys. And that's the stuff that I had been hearing about Don Huffines. So he is also a former senator. He is a one term senator. Okay, in the state of Texas, in the Texas legislature, if you are a single term anything, that actually bodes well for you because that means A, you weren't getting along to get along, you weren't playing ball, and you were not uh, holding out for a seat at the big boys table. You know what I mean? So that actually does bode well for Don Huffines. So today we'll talk all Don Huffines. I'm going to show you all of the information I thought was good to know about this candidate. 
And on our next episode of the Lone Star News Report or Lone Star News, we'll do Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Now, also for those of you who are just tuning in right now, uh, we are currently talking with the Colonel West campaign and we will have Lieutenant Colonel Alan West on our show. Um, we're just ironing out a scheduling and we're ironing out when that's going to be. Because uh, at this point, I don't know if it's going to be a live broadcast interview or if it's going to be a pre-recorded interview. It just depends. He's a very busy man. So we will have him on the show. With that in mind, for my Texas friends and family... If you have any questions or if there's anything in particular that you would like to have asked of Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, now is your chance, okay? So go to thecreport.com, use our contact form, or use thecreport at protonmail.com, or if you are joining us over at pill.net, go to my pilled account and DM me. I check that more frequently than anything else. And uh, we'll see if we can't get those questions asked. Now, I already have an outline of what I want to talk about with the colonel. I've already sent that to his campaign. Uh, so this way they're aware of what I would like to speak about. But if any of you guys have any other questions or anything I might have missed, they already know what I want to talk about. I already have an entire thing that I want to talk about with him. But I want to make sure I extend that opportunity to my audience because, hey, we're going to have the colonel on the show. So, you know, I'm just saying, guys, uh, if you'd like to have a question asked of the colonel, just send it my way and I'll do everything I can to make sure that we can ask him that question for you guys. Because we got two weeks until the primaries, guys. It's, uh, it's coming up quick. All right, so let's talk Don Huffines here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see here. We'll start with a little bit about the man, and then I'm going to read you guys uh, the limited financial information that I have regarding his net worth and finances. And I'll let you guys, you know, figure out whatever you want to figure out from there. I'm just going to share you share with you guys the information. Okay. Uh, so we got here about Senator Don Huffines. He is a proud fifth-generation Texan, husband, father, grandfather, and self-made businessman. Don is a strong Christian and fought fearlessly for fiscal restraint and government accountability in the state of Texas and in the Senate while representing Dallas County's District 16. Uh, during his two legislative sessions, Don earned a reputation for being one of Texas' most conservative lawmakers, the only Texas state senator in history to never accept a penny of government money during his tenure. Don was disgusted by the corruption, backroom deals, and flagrant disregard for Texas taxpayers he witnessed plaguing the Austin Swamp. He is recognized for authoring legislation uncovering the largest government corruption scandal in Texas history. Don's work resulted in eliminating a crooked and wasteful government agency called the Dallas County Schools that stole tens of millions of dollars from Texas taxpayers. Six people were thrown in prison after being exposed for their roles in the scheme. During his time in office, Don also authored legislation supporting term limits, pro-life measures, constitutional carry, and school choice. 
The blue wave election of 2018 resulted in Democrats taking virtually all of Dallas County, including Don's seat in the Texas Senate. Nevertheless, Don remained determined to intensify the fight against harmful left-wing policies statewide and in the governor's office. Um, Let's see here. Don was born and raised in Dallas alongside his brothers, where he learned the value of a hard day's work in early life. He came from a long line of Texas entrepreneurs and grew up greasing cars for the family business, Huffines Motor Company, for $2 an hour. After graduating from the University of Texas with a BBA in finance, Don and his twin brother, Philip, started Huffines Communities in 1985, a large real estate development company in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that they still own today. Don is widely respected and recognized in the Dallas community as a leader of integrity and professionalism. A generous philanthropist, Don supports nonprofits such as Dallas area pregnancy centers and wildlife conservation groups. He is an avid outdoorsman and hunter. He and his wife of 34 years, Mary Catherine, have five adult children Colin, Devin, Terrence, Deidre, and Russell, and four grandchildren. So there is a little bit about this. Well, that's actually not just a little bit. That's actually quite a lot about Don Huffines. And like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to tell you guys who to vote for. I know I know what I'm thinking, but I just I want to share with you the two candidates I think have the best chance of getting rid of Rhino Abbott. Okay, so we're like I said, Don Huffines today and Lieutenant Colonel Allen West next episode. Um, Now, here's a little bit about his finances This is what I could find about him. So you guys can decide what you want to decide about this limited information. But this is what we found Uh, based on a review of the limited information and personal financial statements. Huffine submitted while he was a state senator and public records of the business he owns. The former Dallas state senator is capable of bankrolling his campaign to the tune of millions His net worth, based on RA News analysis, is likely at least $320 million. Uh, The real estate development business he co-owns with his twin brother, Huffines Communities, reported $5 million in sales last year. He has a stake in his family's car dealership company, Huffines Chevrolet, which reported over $75 million in sales in 2021. He has a media company that reported over $1.3 million in sales last year and a consulting and landscape architecture firm that brought in a quarter of a million dollars in sales last year. Huffines has business assets, some of which he shares with his twin, worth nearly $300 million. Here are a couple of examples of those um, business assets. They have a multifamily apartment complex in Louisville that is worth $247 million. He has an apartment complex in Rowlett, Texas, worth $44 million. He has a master-planned community in St. Paul worth $5.4 million. 
a condo high-rise in Westgate Tower in Austin, uh-huh, worth a million dollars, land in Hunt County that is worth $37,000, and Huffines also personally owns a $6 million home in Highland Park. In 2018, he disclosed at least $26,000 in income from interests, dividends, and mineral royalties. He also disclosed at least $125,000 in investment from real estate companies. He owns with his twin at least $25,000 in stock ownership in a Dallas billboard company and at least $25,000 in a profit-sharing plan with stocks and real estate. His liabilities were at least $50,000. He disclosed at least $25,000 in liabilities to Mill Creek Associates, whose parent company is one of the Huffines twins co-own, and more than $25,000 land development loan for his St. Paul Master Planned community. So there is Huffines in a nutshell. Now, this is just about the man. It's not even about uh, his record, which we're going to get into next. So, uh, I don't know, guys. This guy's kind of sounding like a self-made man. He's kind of reminding me of Donald Trump, right? He's kind of reminding me of uh, someone who... Uh, he took no he took no salary, guys. That's something else there, too, to say. So, like I said, we're going to talk Don Huffines today. And we're going to see where this goes from there. Uh, what do I got next for you guys? Okay, I'm going to play a brief video of Don Huffines speaking at the state capitol. And after that, we're going to get into the nitty gritty, ladies and gentlemen. So get ready. Uh, now, this is, uh, I think this this was in 2020. So it's fairly recent. And I think it has to do with, uh, I think it has to do with the lockdowns and the masks. Um, let's see here. Let's see if we can. I want to make sure. Make sure I got you guys set up with some good sound. For ladies and gentlemen who are joining us, we'll make sure we got... Okay, it looks like we'll be doing good on that end. Let me... Uh, I don't like how I'm getting the spinning wheel on my computer. Hold on. Come on, man. There we go. All right, let me uh, kill that. And uh, we'll do this. Share the screen, Mr. C. Booyah. We're going to mute that. We're going to make sure this is unmuted. Okay, we're good there. All right. Let's see what the man has to say. Mr. Don Huffines. Uh, let's see here. Just so you guys have a little bit of background. It says, uh, former state senator Don Huffines delivered this impassioned speech on May 23rd, 2020 in Austin, Texas at the Texas Freedom Rally. Senator Huffines spoke against the hustle that had been fo foisted upon the people of upon the people due to the COVID-19 situation. Uh, generational wealth and businesses have been destroyed. Over 2.3 million people have filed unemployment claims. Families have been decimated and churches have been closed. Okay, so that's what this was about. Now, this is in May 2020. This is like, what, two or three months after this whole pre-planned pandemic started? Hmm, okay. All right, let's see what Mr. Uh, Huffines has to say, guys. Here we go. Hello, Patriots! Hello, Patriots! Are y'all having fun out here today? Uh, I can't hear you. Having some fun? 
excellent. Well, I'm a former state senator from Dallas County, and I'm a Republican. And let me welcome you in front of a building that is infested with duplicitous liars. They lie to you, they use you, and they make fun of you. Oh, but I, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. Let's talk about the virus first. Okay. Well, I was a little scared on the virus. I was real scared about the virus. I was reading all the fear-mongering stuff and watching the TV. And, and then I said, I got to go out and get ready for this. You know, so I bought all my masks in January and I prepared for my family. And we're sitting out there wearing those things every day. And I'm going, every day would go by. There was nobody sick. There's nobody really dying, hardly. They promised us that tens of thousands of Texans were going to die, right? Millions of Americans are going to get sick and die. And they just kept watching and waiting and say, what? What the heck? Nothing's happened. Not much has happened. Some things, it's real. But it isn't what they said. Then I started thinking about it. I said, holy moly. We've all been hustled. Welcome to the biggest hustle in the history of the United States of America. And let me tell you something. Do you know who's responsible for the devastation of our economy? 2.3 million Texans have filed for unemployment. Who? This is a sovereign state. Everything that we respond, how we responded in this state came from one man, one guy that can't hide behind this building that's infested with liars. He can't hide behind anything else because he alone is responsible. And he's living right over there. And that's Governor Abbott. 13% unemployment, almost 13%. Millions of Texans, their lives are destroyed. I take it personal. My son lost his job. My son-in-law lost his job. My daughter is unemployed. My daughter-in-law is unemployed. I'm sure many of you are either unemployed now, if your livelihood gone, or someone you know. What did the governor do? He made everybody now, I mean not everybody, but hundreds of thousands of people dependent on the government. He made everybody dependent. We're Texans. We want to work. We like being productive. We're independent. We're self-reliant. Now we've got people that can't eat. We got people that can't fill up their gas in their car. They have no idea what's going to happen to them when all this this government uh, checks quit coming, and they'll quit coming. They have no idea what he's done generationally to Texas and to Texans. Did he ask you how many hours you slaved in your business? Did he ask you that how much your grandparents, your grandmother, your mother worked 14 hours a day to create a business and to hire people? And how many sacrifices were made? All the football games and soccer games you couldn't make, all the vacations you didn't go on, it's all over. It's all for naught. 
you got to start over. Well, by God, I don't want to start over. I want to open Texas. I said, open Texas. Open Texas. Let's get a chant going. Open Texas. 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 Texas. Let me just say, I'm going to keep on going. I know we're here because I think it's important for everyone to understand that we got to cut the chains of government. That we're all slaves to government. It's all oh, now, how fine. You're going a little too far on that one, aren't you? Oh, really? Really? Who owns your wages? Who owns, your, who owns the fruit of your labor? The fruit of your hands, your mind? The government does. They tell you how much you get to keep. What about your property? We're property tax. Do you ever own your own home? Do you ever own your own business? Your own farm? Your own ranch? Your own land? No, you don't own it. You just rent it from the government. And the government's going to tell you what the rent is. What about schools? Government schools. The government tells you where to go to school. The government picks the curriculum. The government hires the teachers. And you wonder why our students are socialists? I don't. Socialism is evil. Socialism leads to communism. It leads to fascism. It leads to tyranny and tyrants. And we're on the trail right now for that. There's a clear case of good versus evil. We have people that are trying to replace God with government. And we're not going to let that happen. They can't do it. Let me tell you guys, we are slaves to the government. We have lost more liberty in 60 days than we've lost almost in the history of this country. We have. It's like I wake up and I think I'm in some kind of bad dream, you know, a nightmare. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. I knew it was coming. I knew the elitists were going to do this to us. I never thought I would really see it. By golly, it's here. It is here. We've lost everything. Now, because of the Governor Abbott, you can't even bury the dead. You can't even go to church on the holiest day of the year for a Christian, Easter. You can't get married. You can't even baptize your baby in a church. I had to, I had to sneak in to a church in March. I had to find a priest that would buck the system to let me in, in a locked door, to baptize my granddaughter. This is America. Think that through, guys. You have to sneak into a church to baptize your own babies. It's tyrannical. It's unimaginable. But it's what we got now. They take away your business. They tell you you can't go to work. It's a sad state that we're in. It really is. Well, guys, I, 
patriots. I do have hope. There is hope out there because I'm looking at it. I am. I think you're woke. Are y'all awoke? I hope so. Because Texas was conceived, as the colonel said, we were conceived in the blood of liberty, the breath of liberty. That's Texas. And that's what we're about. We're not going to let Governor Abbott destroy us any more than he already has. 2022 is coming. Patriots, I am excited about the future. Because I think this is an awakening. We're all going to be woke. We're going to have people participate in the political process. They have never done it before. This is a new, we're going to light a new prairie fire of liberty. And we have to. Because we have to and we will. We understand that these people behind us don't care about you. They use you, like I said earlier, and they're going to continue doing it. We've got to wake up. I know we will. Patriots, I really love you. I do. I'm so excited about the future when I see guys out here like y'all. I know one thing. Our greatest days are yet to dawn in the state of Texas. I will bend no knee to no man and no government, and neither should you. God bless you. God bless the greatest state in the union. To liberty, prosperity, and virtue forever. Thank you, God. Uh, okay, well, there you go, guys. That is, uh, now I can say this for sure. Why is it that Don Huffines cannot speak like that at, like, a debate? You know, like, at his, uh... At the governor's forums, you know, like he he does not he does not sound like that at the governor's forums. I wish he would. I wish he would. Um, a lot of comments. There's a lot of fire going on there in the comment section down over at uh, Foxhole. Seems like a lot of a lot of uh, the friends are taking a shining to Don Huffines. So that all I got to say is, well, hey, West's campaign. Uh, you should have gotten him on sooner. No, just kidding. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk West next week. I mean, not next week. Next episode. Next episode might come sooner than next week. Uh, but for sure, uh, between like I said, between West and Huffines, I think these are our two best bets at dethroning Rhino Abbott, and uh, that's why we're doing a spotlight on these two candidates and learned a lot. Of, uh, learned a lot about Huffines. In this time, I know, I know I've said things crosswise about the man, okay, okay, but we're all allowed to have a change of opinion based on the research that we do, and that's why I'm going to be sharing it with you guys right now. Now, if I were Don Huffine's campaign manager, I would tell him to take the word woke out of his mouth and not to use it. He's all, we're all going to be woke. We're going to be woke. Oh, no, we're not, because anything woke turns to shit, buddy. And so uh, we don't want to be associated with that word at all, okay? We're not just cheerleaders here that make us feel good and get woke and baked. We are here to actually fight for our country 
And we are actually here to restore our republic and take Texas back away from the charades legislature that we have here in this state right now, ladies and gentlemen. So all that's all I'm saying, guys. That's all I'm saying. Now, if I were him, I would definitely, uh, definitely get the word woke out of his vocabulary. Ladies and gentlemen, anyhow, all right, guys. So uh, that was just, just so you could see the way the man speaks. Now, let me tell you what, when he's at a governor's forum, he sounds robotic. He sounds, uh, he sounds cookie cutter. And at least in the two or three I've seen him in, he doesn't instill a lot of confidence in me. But, well, I mean, for that, let's take a look at his, uh, he said, well, he did say awoke to Rivers, but he said woke. Okay, don't get it twisted. I already saw that video like three times, okay? You can't say we are going to be awoke because that's past tense. He would say we're going to be awake. We're going to be awakened or we're going to be woke. He said woke at least twice. Two rivers. I will send you a copy of the video. I will send you the. I will send you the uh, the URL address so you can go listen to it yourself three or four times. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're not going to be woke. Okay. It's even kind of easy to say we're going to be awoke. No, we're going to be woke is what he said. We'll be woke. We're going to be woke. Anyways, it don't matter. It don't matter. Okay. Uh, I know. Okay. Okay. There was two other points that some of the friends brought out in the chat. Uh, Sonia JHC says, uh, I don't know about Huffines. He was a car salesman. That's never a good, that's never good really. Okay. So that's something that he has going against him. And, uh, there was another point that someone had mentioned in the chat. Let me see if I can find it real quick and highlight it. Uh, let's see who was it Thumper or was it? So someone said something that I was like, yep. I would feel that kind of way about it too. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hey, Relanon, what's up, buddy? Thanks for the 117 gold pill donation. Much appreciated, sir. How's it going, Just Jules? Oh, that was it. Just Jules says West gets too much MSM time. Oh no, Jules is uh, vouching for Huffines. Very good, very good. Um, where are we at? There was a comment in here that made me like, yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of true. Maybe I didn't. Oh, I think it was Duppy. Duppy's the one who said it. Duppy said, anyone who wants to be known as a philanthropist, I would have trouble voting for. Yes, Duppy, we all know about philanthropists, don't we? Yeah, so I would agree with you there. So car salesman, philanthropist, a lot of plastic surgery. Those are the things that <laughs> those are the things that Don Huffines has going against him. Now, uh, back in 2017, no, I take it back. It was it might have been further back than that. Uh, there was an incident where he was at a school, and at this school, apparently, uh, some of the kids were a little heated about his point of view. Uh, it had to do with. Um, credit vouchers for private schools. And he was calling the kids selfish because, uh, you know, they wouldn't, they, they were against the state issuing vouchers to private schools to give them credit, to help them with their, you know, their tuition, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now I watched that video. We're not going to watch it here today because the way that that video was framed, the headline was Don Huffines yells at kids and he hates children, right? Basically. But when I watched the video, it wasn't that. It was passionate discourse between he 
students and a teacher. And uh, he was, uh, in my opinion, he was just being himself. He wasn't being rude or disrespectful, but he wasn't sugarcoating it. And he wasn't like being fluffy with the children. He was telling them straight up, you know, well, that's kind of selfish, you know, or, you know, or you really feel that way. Well, that's just selfish, you know. So and uh, so I didn't think that that was worth reviewing here because uh, after all, what we're going to we're, we're talk about now is... Uh, what we're going to talk about now is uh, basically uh, basically uh, some of his track record. Okay, so let's take a look, guys. Let's get started. We're going to start here back in 2015. Uh, this article comes out of Amoland. Now, the articles that we're going to share have to do with his policies and his voting record. So this way we can kind of suss out what we really think about Don Huffines. And like I said, we're going to do the same thing with... Uh, we're going to say, do the same thing with Lieutenant Colonel Alan West on our next episode. And don't forget, he will be coming on the show. I just, is it going to be the C-Report? Is it going to be Lone Star News? Is it going to be live? Is it going to be pre-recorded? As soon as we figure all of that out, uh, you guys will know for sure. Okay, so let's take a look at this. This is regarding uh, constitutional carry and the Second Amendment. Senator Don Huffines to sponsor constitutional carry legislation in the state of Texas. Now, in the Texas Senate. Now, this might seem like a mute or a moot kind of article considering everything that's passed in the year 2021. But this is, again, just to review his personal track record. So this is from 2015. Uh, it says, uh, Open Carry Texas is proud to announce that Senator Don Huffines has agreed to sponsor constitutional carry legislation authored by our organization and the National Association for Gun Rights. Open Carry Texas and the National Association for Gun Rights will hold a joint press conference with Senator Huffines on January 15th, 2015. Uh, oh, at the Driscoll Hotel. Man, I miss Austin. Anyways, okay, so it says... Uh, it says here, since June 2013, OCT has been the tip of the spear in the fight to return constitutional values to Texas. We believe that when the state requires a license to exercise a fundamental right, that it ceases to be a right and beca becomes a privilege subject to the approval and discretion of the government. Uh, so it goes on here a bit about constitutional carry, etc. Uh, but I really just want to highlight uh, where Huffines is involved. As I said, again, we're going to do this with uh, Lieutenant Colonel West in our next episode. So hang tight, guys. This here comes from the Texas Scorecard. Uh, this is dated uh, July 7th, 2015. It says here, freshman lawmakers deliver results. So that bodes well for, you know, that bodes well for a Texas lawmaker when they're getting a report card like this. It says, uh, with the release of the 2015 Fiscal Responsibility Index, the record is clear. The Texas Senate has radically improved when compared to the previous session. As this publication anticipated, much of that can be explained by the fresh leadership of Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. After all, a rising tide lifts all boats, but just as well. Uh, it says here, with the release of 2015 Fiscal Responsibility Index... We got this whole, uh, basically the exact same thing that we just read. Um, it says that it is a much improved atmosphere in the upper chamber, and that can be attributed to new faces in the Senate. Uh, with only two exceptions, every freshman Republican senator scored higher on the 2015 uh, Fiscal Responsibility Index than their predecessor. In Dallas, State Senator Don Huffines received a 95 
His predecessor, liberal Republican John Corona, scored a 60. Huffines blazed a conservative trail throughout the Senate, drawing the ire of existing Republicans for his dedication to cutting taxes and a staunch defense of the Second Amendment. Uh, so that, that bodes, I mean, this is independent press that's reviewing uh, this, and uh, Texas Scorecard is independent indeed, ladies and gentlemen. They don't, uh, they don't mince their words and they don't, uh, they don't get bias on sides. They just point blank period look at what they're looking at so that was uh that was a brief about Huffines like I said we're not going to read all these we're going to go through what is relevant to the candidate so let's take a look at the next one now this one is from the Texas Rail Advocates so I just wanted to share this one with you guys because apparently Senator Huffines was backing a Texas high-speed rail project this is back in uh, January of 2016 um, I highlighted what I thought was important about this, uh, but let's go ahead and just take a gander at the entire article since it's short. It says here, um, Senator Don Huffines, who serves as vice chair of the Transportation Committee, said that the state must embrace innovative solutions like private sector high-speed rail. Private sector ingenuity and innovation will bear great promise for the future of Texas. So that that's good, right? Because it's private sector. It's not coming out of the taxpayer dollar, right? It's not like we're going to have to flip the bill for it. He's encouraging it, but he wants it to be moved along the private sector, which we know is more efficient, right? It's more innovative. It's more cost effective. And it's built to last when you have, you know, you have like public, you know, citizens actually, you know, investing or entrepreneuring efforts like this. So it says, uh, Senator Huffine spoke before attendees at the 12th annual Southwestern Rail Conference in Dallas, hosted by Texas Rail Advocates. Huffine said that the rail industry is the foundation of our state and continues to be a huge driver of our economic prosperity. By moving goods by rail, it helps relieve congestion on our roads, said Huffines. The state must keep supporting initiatives like freight rail and other innovative private sector transportation projects. The state should always work to promote businesses to participate in the transportation industry. Early funding success has proven that Texans are willing and eager to invest in a private sector free market solution to moving Texans across our great state according to Huffines. Texans will prove that this project can be accomplished without state dollars. The state of Texas will not spend any money on this project, and we will not guarantee any of the debt. I applaud Texas Central Railway for developing this project, and I look forward to boarding the high-speed train to Houston as soon as possible. The senator chided that he wished the high-speed line was being built to Austin, where he has to travel all the time. I think I-35 is a lot worse, according to Huffines. Oh, and if you live on the I-35 corridor, particularly towards the capital city, you know that that is true. Interesting, right? So, you know, that's just a piece of character, a piece of policy that we're highlighting here in this article. Let's move on. Next, we're back at the Texas scorecard. Huffines, repeal the motor vehicle inspection tax. Huh. Well, that's something I could get behind and I don't own a car anymore. But uh, yeah, well, what is what is Huffines got to say about that? Look at what he's doing. I mean, it's crazy, guys. Okay, uh, it says here. 
During the 84th legislative session, State Senator Don Huffines advanced a complete phase-out of Texas disastrous business tax, otherwise known as the franchise tax. Now he's calling for the repeal of the motor vehicle inspection tax, an outdated vehicle safety mandate that's proven to be nothing more than a waste of time and money. And I know, because I used to pay into this crap, and I used to have to wait in line and do all that other crap. Anyways, okay. It says here, in an op-ed published by the Texas Tribune, Huffines noted how Texas has held onto the misguided policy of vehicle inspections long after the regulation-addicted federal government repealed similar laws over 40 years ago. Texas, wake up! Okay? If he repealed, Texas would join 34 other states that no longer require vehicle inspections. Nebraska repealed its vehicle inspection mandate in conjunction with a study of the impact its elimination had on defect-related crashes. Following its repeal in 1982, defect-related crashes significantly decreased by over 16%. A report submitted to the North Carolina Assembly cited the failure of similar safety programs using data obtained by Nebraska's study and others conducted across the country. Huffines further outlined the total cost associated with levying the ill-conceived tax, citing the disproportionate burden it places on low-income Texas. Hear, hear, hallelujah! Huffines says, So let's call these inspections what they really are, a tax on Texans' time and money. It costs Texans an annual of $267 million in fees alone. What's arguably worse is the tax on our time. The program forces more than 50,000 trips to the inspection station every single day, resulting in more than 9 million wasted hours every year. That adds up to $203 million in lost wages based on average salary data. This type of flat cost disproportionately affects lower-income Texans. And while most begrudge the annual trip to the station, these individuals are truly harmed by this unnecessary and counterproductive mandate. Almost every Republican in Texas campaigns on promoting economic growth by limiting government, lowering taxes, and repealing unnecessary regulations. By calling for the repeal of the inspection tax, Huffines has identified another opportunity for such lofty rhetoric to be put to the test. Question is, was it rhetoric or was it true? I mean, we still have this motor vehicle inspection tax, but at the same time, he's no longer a senator. So, okay, so long about 2018, now we're getting a little bit closer to current time, right, guys? Long about 2018, we have uh, we have the concern of election integrity and voter security coming up. And who's at the front of this? Well, it's Senator Don Huffines, okay? So another one from the Texas scorecard, non-citizens are voting in Texas elections, officials tell lawmakers. Let's see what this article's about here. (coughs) Excuse me. All right, it goes this way. Texas elections need stronger safeguards against non-citizens and voting. State and local officials testified before the Senate Select Committee on Election Security. Non-citizens are registering and voting in Texas elections, and current procedures are inadequate to prevent it. 
state and local officials told lawmakers in a special committee. Uh, the Senate Select Committee on Election Security heard testimony last month about problems with the voting process in Texas, including a non-citizen, non-citizens illegally registering and voting, officials representing Texas Secu- Secretary of State, the Texas Attorney General's Office, and Star County all testified at the February 22nd hearing that under the state's current system, non-citizens can easily register to vote in Texas without being detected. Um, Let's see here. It's a violation of both federal and state law for non-citizens to vote or register fundamentally. Okay, let's uh, move down a little bit here. Let me see where we got. uh... Okay, let's let's, let's just finish it. I mean, this is important anyways, right? Because this is coming up now. Um, Okay, so it says here, fundamentally, it looks as if we have a voter registration system that is not as accurate as necessary, said State Senator Brian Birdwell. Uh, Keith Ingram, who heads the Texas Secretary of State's Elections Division, testified, election integrity has to have a voter registration list that contains only persons who are alive and eligible to vote, uh, eligible to register to vote. The National Voter Registration Act requires all states to have in place a general program for updating voters who have changed addresses and for removing voters who have died, been convicted of a felony, or been adjudicated mentally incompetent. All right, guys. All right, my fellow Texans. Let's not forget, Texas still uses the Election Registration Information Center that which I have lovingly dubbed the election rigging information center that is Eric. Okay, and Eric, basically, it, uh, it, it balloons Texas registered voters. So, you know, for take Wisconsin, for example, they have like, what, 5 million eligible voters. They have 7 million people on their voter rolls. Okay, and so what happens is whenever, you know, uh, people who want to steal elections need to have actual registered voter accounts for all of the ballots they dump in the middle of the night, Eric can turn on those accounts. So this way, when they do a an electronic... Uh, you know, electronic vote, uh, you know, audit, or they do an audit recount, they can say, well, we've got uh, X amount of ballots, and we have X amount of registered voters. So everything looks good. And you have your phantom ballots, your fake ballots, your fake voters in those ballots. And then sometime after the election is complete, uh, say 22 months afterwards, right, when they don't need to hold on to voter data, they can just turn those accounts off. In most instances, they turn those accounts off within a month or two of that election competition closing so that this way, when they review the electronic voter registration information, they will not get dinged as being a fake account. We need to get rid of Eric, guys. We need to get rid of Eric now. All right. So, Let's finish up with what this article is saying. Sorry, I just, you know, had to throw that in there for you all. It says, um, Ingram added, we do not, we do have all of these programs in place. Ingram explained that the state cancels the registrations of certain inactive and deceased voters, but it's the responsibility of county elections officials to investigate and remove all other ineligible voters uh, on the rolls, including non-citizens. You see, that's a big issue that we're dealing with in our state right now, guys. We need to get rid of Eric. It's just a no-brainer, all right? Because even according to the audit 
the first part of the audit that we just completed. And uh, I apologize we haven't gone through the thick of it here at Lone Star News, but catch the C report. Uh, let me see if I can get it for you guys. Uh, for those of you who are in a Texas audience that did not get to see that episode, uh, you'll want to go to the C report and you'll want to check out um, episode. Let me see. We got the episode here real quick. Come on, computer. Episode number. No, 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 no. Give me the episode. Come on, baby. Give me the episode I'm looking for. Uh, it's a recent one. Go to episode number. Where are you at, baby? Sorry, guys. I'm looking for the episode so you can know. Go to episode number 241, okay? Episode number 241, we do a breakdown of the Texas sham forensic audit. We do a breakdown of exactly how they are lying and how they are um, manipulating the data to make it look like, oh, this is normal. This is business is normal. We don't have to do an investigation, okay? So episode number 241 of the C-Report, we talk about the Texas sham forensic audit We'll probably talk about it again after we get through um, our gubernatorial highlights for candidacy here on Lone Star News. So hang tight or go look at 241. I recommend that you go check it out over at the podcast version of the show over at anchor.fm slash the C report. Look up episode number 241. And when you do, not only will you get a lot of vital information about the sham forensic audit that they are running in the state of Texas, you will also support this program and other programs that come out on Mr. C TV and the Mr. C channel. Now back to your news. <laughs> okay, let's get back into this story, guys. Just a moment. All right, and it saith here. Um, while the National Voter Registration Act requires local election officials to maintain accurate voter rolls, it has also made it easier for non-citizens to get on the rolls by mandating that states offer voter registration by mail and at driver's licenses office, offices. Registering to vote is now an honor system with no documentation required and no one verifying information or citizenship. Applicants merely check a box affirming they're a U.S. citizen. Uh, let's see here. Birdwell asked Ingram what mechanisms Secretary of State or County voter registration officials have to ensure that non-citizens are not registering to vote. Ingram responded, only the jury summons. State law requires jury clerks to report to elections officials all individuals who claim an exemption to jury duty because they are not citizens. That's ridiculous. So the only way they can verify if a registered voter is a non-citizen is if that non-citizen says they cannot be on a jury because they're not a citizen. That's infuriating. Texas Secretary of State's office, what the heck are you doing? They're bamboozling the Texans is what they're doing, ladies and gentlemen. I just answered my own question. Uh, the Secretary of State's office only uh, office's only way to ensure non-citizens are not voting is the random sampling of jury duty summons. That is correct, says Ingram, representative of the Texas Secretary of State office. How infuriating is that? Oh my goodness, I'm so upset right now. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> it says here... State Senator Don Huffines asked Ingram if the Secretary of State's office or any other state agency 
overseas county elections officials to ensure that they're maintaining accurate voter rolls. No, Ingram said to Don Huffines. Ingram said, we are an assist and advise agency. Okay, we're not the top election official. He sounds like, oh my goodness, this sounds just like Brad Raffensperger. He just washes his hands. We're just going to wash our hands of what we're supposed to do as the Secretary of State, as the top official of elections in our state. Okay. Oh, we don't we don't make sure they do it right. We don't set the regulations. We don't do nothing. Oh, we just assist and advise. We don't tell them you're doing it right. You're doing it wrong. We don't hold them accountable. Like what the... Mm. The Texas Secretary of State office needs to be a voted office. We the people need to elect this office. Okay. That has got to change. This has got to change. If you are in any other state outside of Texas, take a look at your Secretary of State office. If you have more than double, if you have even more than one third the amount of Secretaries of State that you have in your governors, you need to know that they are bamboozling your people. They are using the Secretary of State office to run these schemes and it's broken and it needs to be fixed take a look at your SOS office, guys. Like, this is so important. If you ask my opinion, because our vote is literally symbolic and representative of our sovereignty and our freedom and our liberty and our rights that are God-given, that office is way more important than the governor to me. To me, okay? I'm just saying. I got a little bit of a mm for the Secretary of State. I am just saying, guys, this is infuriating. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> now, it says here, Apparently in Texas, the Secretary of State office is an assist and advise agency. Uh, let's see, this uh, representative Ingram goes on to say, if a county is not doing an adequate job of working their matches and purging their ineligible voters, they end up with more voters than they have people registered in the county, and that'll get the attention of groups like the American Civil Rights Union, the Public Interest Legal Foundation, PILF, my honey babies up there to the north, and they will get a notice letter that the county is in violation of the NVRA. So, it's up to the general public to police their own voting system, Huffines observed. Well, Mr. Don Huffines, former senator, candidate for governor, isn't it funny that that's what we're doing right now? I mean, it's a true statement. Huffines made a very accurate observation. It is up to the general public to police their own voting system. This is part and parcel with us being an active constituency. This is part and parcel of us being active in our elections, an, act, an active citizen, we can't just sit back on our laurels and wait for someone else to vote for them, wait for someone to vote for us, to vote for our our choice into office, and we can't just sit around and be like, oh, well, we voted for them, so they'll take care of it. I don't got to do nothing. Now, we know, ladies and gentlemen, the system has been designed that way. The system has been designed for us to feel lazy, for us to feel tired, for us to be so busy and inundated with everything that life has to throw at us that we don't get involved in our local politics. And we uh, kind of become complacent and depend on others to make the right choices. More often than not, if you want to get something done right, you got to do it yourself. If you leave it over to Joe Schmo, he is going to dirty his diaper, destroy the supply chain, kill all the jobs, and then lie about it on national TV, along with abandoned Americans in a couple of countries. Okay, so we can't just leave it to Joe Schmo, ladies and gentlemen. Wowzers, guys. Wow, 
Zers, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's move on to the next article here because I believe it's another one that involves these elections integrities. Yeah, this is uh, this has to do with, again, uh, and again, we're talking Don, Huff- Don Huffines here. Let me see. If he's not in here, we might skip over this article. Okay, uh, we'll go through a real quick, quick brief on it. Um, okay, so this is uh, hundreds of thousands are illegally registered to vote in Texas. Oh, but they didn't find this on the Texas Forensic Audit, guys. Okay, just I might add this article from 2018 points out about hundreds of thousands illegal voters. Oh, but that's not what we, that's not what we found in, 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 in Secretary of State John Scott's. Uh, forensic audit, which is the biggest, most thorough, most hugest, it's from Texas, forensic audit, BS, guys, BS, I call BS, Oh, okay, I'm just saying, guys, this stuff really grinds my gears, y'all, and I haven't had dinner yet, so, okay, it says here, a coalition of conservative leaders is calling on Governor Rhino Abbott to take immediate action to ensure election integrity in November's elections, Okay, so they want election integrity. Let's see what Don Hafines has to say about this. Um, let's see here. Oh, we'll look at we got uh, we got uh, the Public Interest Legal Foundation. I love the Public Interest Legal Foundation. If you guys follow my work, you guys know I talk really highly about this organization. Let's just see what they said real quick. It says, citizenship verification and voter registration is a must for Texas, says Logan Churchwell of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, a public interest law firm dedicated to the election integrity or to election integrity. Non-citizens are accused of influencing local elections in the Rio Grande Valley and millions more can do the same by accident. Verification protects U.S. citizens and immigrants alike. The foundation has documented non-citizens registering and voting in several states, including Texas, and is suing Harris County in federal court for refusing access to public records of non-citizens found on the county's voter rolls. State Senator Don Huffines has already committed to file legislation that would force the Secretary of State to verify citizenship of all registered voters. Similar legislation had previously been filed by outgoing state Senator Van Taylor, but Republicans, rhinos, did not move the bill. Hmm, maybe I should try and get Don Huffines on the show too, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, let's get them both into office. Let's get West and Huffines in at this point. Don't worry, guys. We are going to do a Lieutenant Colonel Allen West uh, profile and retrospect in our next episode. So more to come for Mr. West, Lieutenant Colonel West. Uh, let's see here. This article just talks about Don Huffines being defeated. Now, apparently in 2018, there was a blue wave that struck Harris County. I'm, I'm willing to bet that this was a fraudulent, uh, you know, theft wave that hit, um, uh, that area back then and there. And don't you know, Hey, 123SKG, thank you for gifting the cookie. I appreciate you guys sending donations this way. It helps keep the lights on. It helps keep us pumped and motivated and, uh, you know, gets me some coffee every now and then. Uh, But yeah, welcome on, welcome on in. We are doing Texas today, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys are enjoying this evening. Thank you all for being here and not watching the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta say, that says something about your integrity. 
And, you know, it actually gives me a, an idea. Let me see real quick. Real, let me see right here. Let me just see something real quick, ladies and gentlemen, before we move on. As a curious is what I is. I is curious. Wow. Where is everybody else? I'm the only one. Okay. Anyways. All right. All the, all the big dogs are, uh, all the big dogs are off there. Um, what are they doing? They're analyzing the halftime show. They're like, uh, we're, we're not watching. We're not watching football. We're not watching the Super Bowl. We're analyzing for Illuminati stuff so we can report on it on Monday. Right. Okay. Anyway, that's not why I'm here, guys. <laughs> I'm not on because the, the Super Bowl's on. I'm on because I want to talk Texas politics. I've been uh, meaning to get this back to you guys. And uh, I just, if I got an itch to go live, I'm going to go live. All right. Let's talk Don Huffines. Okay. We'll skip over this article. This article was just basically about him losing to his challenger by the name of Nathan Johnson. I might add, ladies and gentlemen, as we found out last night, last night on Mr. C in the Dark, we took a break from Les Wexner, the mob, the mega group, and human trafficking because it's a lot of information, guys. I, I recommend you go back and check on that series that we've been doing in Mr. C in the Dark. Last night we took a break and instead about talking about human trafficking and, uh, you know, the mob and Les Wexner, we talked about Satanism and celebrities and uh, that was everything from Aleister Crowley to Marina Abramovic. Well, we found out last night that, uh, you know, because they're talking about the influence of Aleister Crowley in entertainment and in media, etc. Now, there, there's a point to this, guys. There's a point to this. One of the examples they gave where you can find Aleister Crowley in entertainment was in the cartoon, the anime called Yu-Gi-Oh! Now, I don't like anime. The only one I like is Naruto. And like, so Yu-Gi-Oh, right? You, now, here's, here's the relevancy to that, okay? Yu-Gi-Oh! They have a character that uses like all of the symbolism of like Aleister Crowley and his satanic ritual stuff. I kid you not, guys, Senator Nathan Johnson, the guy who replaced Don Huffines, he is credited as being the person who writes the musical score for the anime Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> Isn't that crazy, guys? Like, that's his big, that's his big, like, uh, name drop moment. That's his big, you know, star credit. Is the same cartoon that uses satanic imagery and symbolism from Aleister Crowley and all of his rituals made the music score to a show that features that filth. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that what you call small world syndrome, Nathan Johnson? What are the odds that the guy who scored the satanic demonic anime is actually the senator who beat Don Huffines up in Dallas? What are the odds, ladies and gentlemen? Anyways, that's just a fun factoid. It doesn't necessarily mean that the man is satanic or what have you, but uh, anyways... Uh, let's see what we got here. This is also from 2018. Texas lawmaker proposes a bill to verify voters and citizenship. So uh, the previous article basically said that Don Huffines was going to try and hold the Secretary of State's office accountable. And this article says, well, here's the bill. So uh, Senator Huffines uh, of Dallas says he'll file legislation to proactively verify the citizenship of voters. Let's pull that up on the screen. It says non-citizens are registering to vote 
and uh, voting in Texas elections and current elections procedures are inadequate to prevent it. State Senator Don Huffine said this week that he'll file legislation in 2019. Oh, okay, so this isn't the actual bill then. Okay, but he did say he would. We read that already. Um, let's see. Uh, Huffine says the U.S. Constitution, Texas Constitution, and state law reserve the right to vote for citizens only, and Texans deserve much more than the careless, haphazard enforcement for those provisions. Good stuff there, Senator Huffines. It says Huffines also sent a letter to Dallas County Clerk, Dallas County's Clerk John Warren, and Elections Administration Administrator Tony Pippins Poole, requesting an update on efforts to remove self-identified non-citizens from the county's voter rolls. Texas Election Code requires county clerks to send the county voter registrar in Dallas, that's Pippins Poole, and Secretary of State a monthly list of people who claim an exemption to jury duty because they are not citizens. County registrars must then verify the citizenship of those self-reported non-citizens who are on the voter rolls or cancel their registration. From September 1999 to March 2007, Dallas County canceled the registrations of 1,889 voters identified as non-citizens, according to the research cited by Huffines. Of those, 356 voted in Dallas County elections before being taken off the voter rolls. So 356 of those voted in the elections. Okay, Warren and Pippins Pool, both Democrats, have held their positions since 2007 and 2011, respectively. This article is from 2018. Self-reporting by non-citizens submit for jury duty is currently the only mechanism available to state and county election officials to proactively ensure that ineligible aliens aren't registering to vote. Oh, oh, whatever happened to Eric? Whatever happened to the Election Registration Information Center? Huh? Because we use Eric. Eric has plenty of information that it could give us on people who are non-citizens. And isn't it the job of Eric to tell the states uh, that you need to remove this person? We need to get rid of Eric, guys. Eric is done. All right, we're done with Eric. That thing has got to go, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so a compelling article here, uh, and it looks like it just uh, kind of goes over what we were talking about in the previous one. Let's move on to our next article. Oh, I'm saving that for my records. Uh, Okay, now we're getting down to some of the modern modicum, modern, 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 modern. What's been going on since this guy started running for office? Okay, this one's a good one, guys. This is the one that uh, put Don... This article here is the article that put Don Huffines on the map for me, as in it made me aware of him, okay? Uh, This one is Texas Governor Candidate Don Huffines, Representative Brian Slayton, call for special session to ban transgender surgery castration for minors. Now, at this point, Don Huffines is no longer a senator, okay? That's why he didn't get his bill to force the SOS to update their uh, systems for having, uh, being able to discern who's a voter and a non-voter, right? Okay, so um, at this point, he's a candidate. At this point, we've already finished our regular session. At this point, we're discovering that Greg Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and Speaker of the House Dade Phelan have all accepted upwards of thousands of dollars, not like tens of thousands, but thousands of dollars from pharmaceutical companies that are creating chemical castration 
drugs for minors who want to transition, okay? And this is an issue. So Don Huffines is one of those as a governor candidate who is calling them to task. <clears throat> Let's see what it says. <coughs> Despite Texas House Republicans repeatedly calling the 2021 session the most conservative in history, Texas Governor Rhino Abbott and others have called for a special session to pass conservative legislation that died in the House. Abbott and many, uh, and many calling for a special session have neglected to call for it to address the three bills aimed at banning child chemical castrations and transgender surgeries that died at the hands of House Speaker Dade Phelan, Calendars Committee Chair Representative Dustin Burroughs, and Health Committee Chair Republican Stephanie Click, a representative, all Republicans. In a statement posted on Twitter, Abbott's primary challenger Don Huffines wrote, Once again, Texans were failed by cowards in Austin. Republican politicians, despite having a trifecta control in Texas, worked with Democrats to kill a number of key GOP bills. I support calls for an imminent special session and believe we must pass every GOP priority, wrote Huffines. Among the bills that Republicans killed were legislative efforts to end taxpayer-funded lobbying, ban social media companies from silencing conservatives, prevent biological boys from playing in girls' sports and outlaw sex change surgeries and controversial hormone therapies for children, all of which have strong support amongst Texas Republican voters. Abbott remained uncharacteristically silent on virtually all of these topics and was harangued by the Texas Agricultural Commissioner Sid Miller on Tucker Carlson's Tonight for his silence regarding transgender surgeries and chemical castrations for minors. Huffines added, Greg Abbott, who has refused to support legislation on any of these critical topics, indicated that he will call a special session, but notes he has made no indication that GOP priorities will be addressed. In an email sent to his supporters, Representative Brian Slayton added his voice to the call for Texas Republicans to hold a special session and pass legislation ending chemical castrations and transgender surgeries for minors. Republicans in the Texas House have killed numerous Texas GOP priorities this session. The abolition of abortion, banning child genital mutilation, monument protection, and more all fail to pass. We need a special session immediately in order to pass SB 29, 12, and 10, along with the remaining Republican priorities and building the wall. They call for a special se- the call for a special session comes after National File exposed that virtually all top Texas Republicans, Abbott, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, and Dade Phelan, and also Stephanie Click, received over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in combined donations from Texas First Clinic offering transgender chemical castrations for children. Patrick alone has received $120,000 from the clinic's pack since 2016, something former U.S. House candidate Eric Ekstrom told National File is unsurprising. I would I wish I could say I'm surprised that Dan Patrick is taking money from the chemical castration lobby, 
Both, but during the last session, to my horror, I realized that Dan Patrick was totally unaware of the Monuments Protection Act until we forced him at a meeting of the True Texas Project to acknowledge that Republicans expected him to do something about it. And I'm going to take a note of this for my own personal notes. After the meeting, he promptly pushed it through the Senate, where it died in the House, just like SB 1311. Is this deja vu? $120,000 is not chump change, and apparently Dan Patrick knew which way the wind was blowing in the House. Isn't that infuriating, guys? And uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick had a better reception than Greg Abbott did at that President Trump rally in Conroe, Texas. Infuriating! It is all fake. It is all phony. It is totally fake and phony what is going on in Texas legislature. You want to talk about Texas being better than anyone else? They are better at bamboozling, deceiving, and lying to their constituents than any other state in this nation. Because you know why, ladies and gentlemen? As it turns out, Texas can be the reddest state it wants to be, but they're all rhinos, ladies and gentlemen, and it's rhino hunting season! I just had to throw that in there for good measure, guys. Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's see. Um, This uh, from Houston Public Media asks, who is Don Huffines? So uh, this this article will probably give you a liberal view of Don Huffines. Do you think that they'll point out anything that is uh, worth... I mean, there's really not much worth that comes out of liberal publications, but every now and then they will give you some information that, you know, conservative or other types of publications will not give you. Let's just take a gander. We won't waste our time long here, but you never know. Okay. Sometimes they have actual good ammunition, right? Uh, Let's see. Huffines is a conservative Republican from Dallas who's criticized Abbott for being too slow to fully reopen the state during the pandemic. He's also blamed Abbott for the statewide blackouts during February's catastrophic winter snowstorm. Okay, so there we're talking now. All right. Former State Senator Don Huffines announced on Monday that he's challenging Governor Greg Abbott in 2022. Uh, Huffines is a conservative Republican from Dallas who's criticized Abbott for being too slow to fully reopen the state. Um, He says, for far too long, Texans have been let down by politicians who offer nothing but excuses and lies. He said in a press release, Huffines is calling for stronger action on border security, election integrity and property taxes. He said he's committed to finishing the border wall and rooting out corruption in Austin. He served in Dallas Senate District 16 for one term before losing his seat in 2018 to Democrat and also uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Satanist composer Nathan Johnson. The district swung toward Democrats under former President Donald Trump, their words not mine, and Johnson beat Huffines by eight percentage points in 2018. 
In the state, uh, in the Senate, Huffines was known as a conservative firmly in his party's right wing. He led a crusade against the Dallas County Schools Bus Agency in response to reports of financial mismanagement. The agency was ultimately forced to shut down, and the Dallas County Schools Board President Larry Duncan letter pleaded guilty to tax evasion. In a 2014 interview with KERA, Huffine said he supported term limits in the state's Texas Senate, cutting taxes, school choice, and teaching creationism. Huffines was born and raised in Dallas. He has a family business, Huffines Motor Company, and he has been involved in car dealerships and real estate in North Texas for over 90 years. That's the Huffines family. Okay, so this was just kind of a profile on Huffines, a kind of get to know the GOP candidate. So I think that article is satisfied. Let's see what this one says. This says Don Huffines plotted governor run as the Trump guy and then Trump endorsed Greg Abbott. Well, I done heard that there are a lot of Texans who uh, want President Trump to rescind that endorsement. I would be one of them. Okay, let's see what this article says. So Don Huffines was going to run as the Trump candidate. And uh, Abbott swindled him out of it. He bamboozled President Trump and swindled Huffines and West out of possible endorsements. Let's see. If President Trump rescinds his endorsement of Abbott, depending on who President Trump gives it to, Whoever doesn't receive it should uh, should then run for another office so we can get two badasses in office. Okay, let's see here. What has this got to say? Thank you all for joining us live again on this Sunday evening. I hope you guys are uh, having a great time. Uh, hey, Sean Joe, thanks for gifting that cookie. I appreciate it when you guys uh, toss cookies this way or, you know, donate otherwise via gold pill, cash app. PayPal, Rumble Rant, uh, Twitch Bit, uh, whatever it is that you'd like uh, to do. It definitely helps us out here and uh, we definitely appreciate it. Real quick, I saw a question here that caught my eye. And uh, that question comes from viewer Kelly Cummins. Cummings, apologies. And uh, Kelly Cummings asked something about a certain representative. Where did it go? Where did it go? I want to make sure I read it per word. Uh, where did it go? I just saw it. Oh, okay. Kelly Cummings says, Mr. C, are you saying Chip Roy is not legit? Let me address that real quick because... The name Chip Roy has not come out of my mouth, but let me tell you about Chip Roy. Here's the reason why I think Chip Roy is a big old rhino. Okay, he might not be as bad as Dan Crenshaw. He might not be as out there as uh, Rhino Abbott, but let me tell you what Chip Roy said. And I, I even had a graphic here with the quote on it. And this, I don't care what the issue is, guys. I don't care if you're standing up for opening up the state of Texas. I don't care if you're standing up for abortion rights or, you know, not, you know what I mean, not abortion rights, but, you know, to end abortion. I don't care if you're standing up for the Second Amendment. Okay, all of all things that Chip Roy has stood up for. Right. But when you have someone 
going up on the floor and saying this, We as Texans all believe that Texas elections should go to the federal government. You get the hell out of my house. I don't care if you're up there yelling and making a point and your head is like, you know, shiny because you're so passionate and everything. I don't care. You can you can you can call to end mask mandates. You can call to open up the state. You can call to fight mandates against vaccines. You can call for the end and abolishment of abortion. You can call for, you know, the end of property taxes. You can call for everyone gets a gun in Texas. But if you get up there and you tell me that I want the federal government to control my state elections... It seems to me that Chip Roy understands that the most sacred thing, the most coveted item on this planet is the American ability to vote. The vote is the most sacred thing next to prayer, ladies and gentlemen. It's the most sacred thing next to life. Because without our ability to vote, which is symbolic of our rights, God-given rights, of our freedom, of our liberty, of our sovereignty. No one else in this world has that, on paper at least. You can, you can sound like the best conservative, best republic fighting, whatever you want. But if you say that you believe that the federal government should control our vote... You go and vote with HR1 and HR4 with the Democrats, okay? And see how long you last. Because you are just lying, deceiving, and bamboozling the people. Chip Roy is a piece of trash, okay? I don't care if he's strong on everything else. He's weak on our elections, and I will not put up with that shit. Sorry, I'm just saying. That's enough for me. That's the litmus test right now. Election integrity and election fraud. That's the litmus test. And if you don't pass that test, you don't pass go in my book. And that's all I got to say about that. So I guess I, I don't know what that question was in reference to Kelly Cummings about Chip Roy. Am I saying he's not legit? I don't know. The, the name Chip Roy never vomited out of my mouth, but it has now. And that's how I feel. So I don't know what that was in reference to. But well, there you go. I don't know if that's what you were expecting as an answer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, okay. Tell you what. Kelly Cummings, I'm not going to pull that quote right now because we're already at two hours and I need to finish today's episode, but come back to another Lone Star uh, News episode and I'll have it for you, okay? Because uh, I, 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 um, I, I copied and pasted the quote from an article and I made a meme out of it. So if I can, I'm sure I have it on my computer, but he literally said that Texans believe that the election should go to the federal government. I don't think he was misspoken. Maybe he was, but he said it. And it would, it, would, it would be just and fair to confront him on it and see if he can clarify. Or if he didn't know what he was saying. Or, I don't know, maybe he'll lie and he'll say, that's not what I meant by that, but I said it. I don't know. But I don't trust Chip Roy further than I could throw my mom and I would never throw my mom. So I would never trust Chip Roy. I don't care. He's for all I'm concerned. He's another Tulsi Gabbard. Okay. As much, as much as she talks good right now, and I like Tulsi too, and we're not going to even go there. She's still a hack for the world economic forum. There is a litmus. There is a standard. There is always redemption. Don't get me wrong. There's always redemption, but I just ain't seeing it. Okay. Let's finish up here, guys. We're almost done. We're almost done. 
So uh, Don Huffines, and again, because I got I got a little sidetracked there, he was going to run as the Trump candidate. Um, let's see here. Let's let's see if we can get to some of the meat here, the meat and potatoes. Uh, apparently he was going to a caucus meeting, a Texas Republican Party platform meeting in January of 2015. Or was this? Let's just read from the beginning. Don Huffines arrived at an Austin restaurant for his first meeting of the Senate Republican caucus, and he was nervously clutching, nervously clutching on uh, one of his favorite documents, the Texas Republican Party platform. This was in January 2015. The state legislative session was underway and Huffines, uh, one of the new senators, was still riding high after his defeat of a more moderate Republican incumbent uh, whom he depicted as a crony capitalist and a rhino. When it was Huffines' turn to speak at the caucus meeting, he told his 19 colleagues that the platform represented the will of the party and that they needed to focus on turning the grassroots hopes and dreams into reality. There were two plans in particular, among the hundreds in the documents that he wanted to see passed, ending the franchise tax on businesses and making it legal to carry a handgun without a license. At least, at the very least, he said Republican senators were obliged to get those issues onto the floor. Uh, His words, Huffines recalls, were met with silence. Gradually, one, two, three, four or more senators got up from the table in the middle of the meal and left the room. Needless to say, the rest of the night was awkward. And so, too, were the next four years. In the Senate, Huffines remained the truest of true believers, adamant and apart from both the Democrats and most Republicans. His single term ended four years later when he lost to Democrat Nathan Johnson by eight percentage points in a district that Governor Abbott won by four. Few Democrats or Republicans in the Senate lamented Huffines' departure. In the last few years, he has frequently recounted his memory of his first caucus dinner to conservative grassroots activists who, as he tells them, are held in the same disdain as he. Patriots, I am going to tell you something you might not know, but that you need to know, Huffine said in January at a Tea Party gathering in Plano. Most, but not all, of your elected Republican officeholders, don't, they don't like you. As a matter of fact, it's fair to say that a lot of them, they belittle you, they make fun of you, they use you, they are duplicitous, they, and they are liars. And they tell you that your votes should go to the federal government. And you know why? Because you might hold them accountable. Such heated rhetoric has made Huffine's persona non grata in most uh, GOP circles. But Huffines, who hails from a prominent and wealthy Dallas area business family, welcomes the hatred. Indeed, it's the kind of negative energy that he hopes will will propel him into the governor's mansion. On May 10th, Huffines announced that he would run against uh, Governor Greg Abbott in 2022. His basic message is Abbott is no conservative. It's been 27 years since a Democrat was last elected to statewide office. But Huffines takes no satisfaction from that. He does not believe that any of the four Republican governors since Reconstruction, neither Bill Clements nor George W. Bush, neither Rick Perry nor certainly Abbott, has been sufficiently conservative. 
nor does he believe that the legislature, completely under Republican control since 2003, has had a single conservative session. That includes the one that just ended with Abbott signing into law a virtual ban on abortion and with legislation allowing permitless carry of firearms awaiting the governor's signature. It's not good enough, Huffines told Texas Monthly. We've controlled everything in Austin for 20 years, everything, and a year after year we go back and beg for our priorities to become law and maybe get one or two issues done, three maybe, but they're always watered down. Huffines' candidacy is a very long shot, but not one Abbott ever paranoid about threats uh, from his right flank can ignore. When Huffines launched his campaign, he made no secret of his strategy. He would run to Abbott's right as the only real Trump candidate in the race and seek the endorsement of the former president. I don't think Trump's going to support Abbott. I really don't, he told me in mid-May. I don't know why he would. Abbott's never supported Trump's agenda. He's never led the charge for President Trump. He's never tried. Yet on Tuesday, deploying his trademark random capitalization, Trump bestowed upon Abbott his complete and total endorsement for re-election. He will never let you down. A half hour later, Huffines replied, Texas primary voters and Trump supporters will decide for themselves who will lead our state forward and who has failed Texans repeatedly on issues that matter most. Huffines declared, I am the clear Trump candidate in the governor's race. That self-proclaimed status as the truest Trumper in the race may come under challenge. On Friday, Texas chairman Alan West announced that he is stepping down as state party chairman and preparing to run for another race, for another office, though he was coy about which race he favored. Bumptious Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller is also poised to jump into the race for governor. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it says here, uh, Huffines is one of four brothers, the children of J.L. and Lana Huffines, best known for their family's car dealership. And it goes into his history. So very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Very interesting indeed. Oh, whoops, wrong one. <clears throat> Good article there. Just a little bit of the uh, inside baseball behind uh, those endorsements. All right, guys, we're almost done. I think this is the last article. No, no, we got one more after this. Maybe one more, maybe two more, but the next two are at least on the same topic. This is from November 2021, just a few uh, months ago, a couple of months ago. Um, from Texas Scorecard, Huffines campaign uncovers critical race theory in state agency. So let's see where this goes, ladies and gentlemen. It says, uh, a Texas taxpayer-funded Department of Family and Protected Services has been using critical race theory in its training materials. Good catch. Former Senator Don Huffines. It says here, uh, although the Texas state legislature passed a bill attempting to prohibit critical race theory from being used in schools, it appears the controversial curriculum has been used in at least one state agency. And uh, I think I'm going to pop that out. Let's copy link. Oh, oh, where are we going? Where are we going? Oh, well, hello, Mr. Huffines. Okay, hold on. Oh, actually, we might watch this. Uh, let me just pop in. Let me pop back real quick to this article.
We'll do this. Okay, we'll do this. Okay. This is going to be good, guys. Okay, we only got about two more articles. I'd say we'll be here for about 15, maybe 20 at the most, and we'll wrap it up for tonight, guys. Thanks again for joining us live here at Lone Star News, live on Mr. C Channel, Mr. C TV. Hope you guys are having a great night, and this has been value-added, if not somewhat entertaining. All right, it says here... um, uh, Republican gubernatorial challenger um, and former state senator Don Huffines released materials provided by a whistleblower revealing that the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services has been utilizing CRT in its training manuals, a required condition of employment with the DFPS, a state-funded agency comprised of more than 13,000 employees, is taking a course entitled Knowing Who You Are. This course is full of Marxist ideology and employees are required to agree with acknowledging institutional racism and white privilege and commit to being social justice warriors. Huffine's assertions of the whistleblower's report have been independently verified by Texas Scorecard in conversations with DFPS employees working in different regions of the state. They tell the Texas Scorecard the training courses exist as Huffines describes them. Huffines released the following statement along with links to the CRT training materials. Critical race theory is a disgusting Marxist ideology dedicated to pitting Texans against each other and dividing our state. It has no place in Texas, period, let alone in our state agencies. Greg Abbott must immediately call a special session of the Texas legislature to weed out this poison from not only the dependent, not only the Department of Family and Protective Services, but every agency and university in our state. Huffines further added, A few months ago, my campaign uncovered leftist transgender ideology being promoted by the Department of Family, Public Services, Protective Services. I promised Texans I would get to the web, I would get the webpage taken down, and within hours of my announcement, it was removed. This critical race theory training material must meet the same fate. The incident Huffines is referring to was the Texas DFPS, including links to an LGBT website that promotes child mutilation and transgender ideology, which were taken down following the backlash from angered citizens. Child mutilation remains legal in Texas, as neither the regular legislative session nor the three special sessions managed to address the issue in any meaningful manner due to Governor Rhino Abbott's refusal to place the issue on a special session agenda. Oh, how the plot thickens, ladies and gentlemen. Let's check out this video from um, Governor, gubernatorial candidate Don Huffines about critical race theory in the Texas Department of Family Protective Services. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy. Patriots, a whistleblower inside the Texas government came to us to help end critical race theory indoctrination that is being forced on state employees and is being paid for by you, the Texas taxpayer. An employee with the Department of Family and Protective Services came to us concerned that they were forced to go through a course called Knowing Who You Are, and then they had to report to their supervisor that it had been completed. This agency has over 13,000 
employees. They were told that this was required as a part of their employment. Starting the course, they were surprised to be met with pure Marxist propaganda. Here are just a few clips of what they were forced to watch and agree with. For any of us, it's difficult for us to recognize any system of inequity that is privileging us. So, for example, it's difficult for men to recognize male privilege and sexism. It's difficult for white people in this country to recognize white privilege and racism. It's difficult for all Americans to recognize our American privilege in the world context. Like institutionalized racism, it can be through acts of doing as well as acts of not doing, but even more important, it can be unintentional as well as intentional. You don't have to intend it to have a racist impact, to do something racist to have a racist impact. Upon completing the course, this employee was required to take a quiz where they had to definitively agree with statements like acknowledging institutional racism and white privilege and committing to being social justice warriors. Personally mediated racism in the garden. Well, now the gardener is looking at red, thinking that red is mighty beautiful. She looks over the pink flowers and she says, oh, they sure are scrawny and scraggly. So she plucks off the pink blossoms before they can even go to seed. Or maybe she sees that a pink seed has blown into the rich fertile soil and she plucks it out before it can establish itself, which is some of the anti-affirmative action stuff that still goes on. And where is internalized racism? This employee came to us because, sadly, they don't trust Texas politicians. And it's probably because politicians are the ones who have been funding this exact sort of indoctrination for many years. This sort of leftist ideology will have no place in a Huffines administration because it, it doesn't have any place in the heart of Texans. You know that our campaign is about leadership, no excuses. This courageous whistleblower asked for complete anonymity out of concern that they would be punished for exposing what is happening when Texans aren't looking. Just a few months ago, our campaign called out DFPS for celebrating transgender ideology and the people that were transitioning kids on a website directed at our minors. We got this website shut down, and still, Greg Abbott has been silent as to why he used our taxpayer money to tell Texas children that sex is biological, but gender is a human construct that can be changed at will. Patriots, I'm done allowing Texas taxpayer money to be used to push Marxist ideology and radical sexualization of children. This undermines the Texas way of life. I'm running for governor because I'm the actual Republican, and I won't tolerate this. I'm grateful for this courageous whistleblower who came forward, and I will pledge to root out all critical race theory and indoctrination from every state agency. The people pushing this crap need to be fired. And I'll do that on day one of my administration. He's putting up a pretty good campaign, guys. He's putting up a pretty good campaign. Now, like I said, we are here today and on the next episode of Lone Star News to highlight the two candidates that I feel have the best shot at unseating Governor Rhino Abbott, okay? So today we are doing a spotlight on Don Huffines. I've received the most questions about Don Huffines of all of the candidates because 
when we're talking about who's running in this race, a lot of people already have um, a knowledge or a working understanding of who uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West is. Now, don't get me wrong. The next episode that we do on Lone Star News, we're going to do a dig into Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, just like we did with Don Huffines today. And I might add as well that we will have Don, we will have Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here on the show. Uh, that will be coming up within the next one to two weeks, definitely before we hit the polls in March. So uh, very excited about that. I'll give you guys more information as it becomes available. Don't forget, I already have my topics that I want to talk about with uh, Lieutenant Governor Alan West. Um, if you all, as the Texas audience, if you all have any questions, if you all have any concerns, if you have any topics that you would like me to bring up, by all means, uh, visit thecreport.com. Utilize our contact form. Uh, you can also use thecreport at protonmail.com. Or if you're on Pilled or Foxhole, go over to my Pilled.net account. Hit that DM button for the personal message, and I actually respond more frequent and more quickly to those messages over at pill.net, okay? Uh, so here's another article from November 19th, 2021. This one talks about um, the critical race theory course that um, was being utilized under Abbott. Well, what happened? This is from the Texas scorecard. So let's see, was there, was there a course correction because of this being pointed out? It says, after being exposed by gubernatorial candidate Don Huffines, the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services withdraws their critical race theory courses. Now, isn't it interesting how this man is not even in office <laughs> and he's already making changes in, uh, in the way things are being done in our local government? I mean... All right, Mr. West, Lieutenant Colonel, I hope we get as many good stories out of you next week as we did from Huffines, because uh, don't get me wrong, guys. I went and looked for the connections to big banking. I went and looked for the connections to big oil. I went and looked to see who he was in the pocket of, and I could not find any articles like that, okay? So I'm just reporting based on what I found and based on his track record, and, uh, well, we'll take it from there, guys. Okay, so it says here, employees at the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services will no longer be required to take the Knowing Who You Are critical race theory courses after the program was exposed two weeks ago by Republican gubernatorial candidate Don Huffines. Up until now, completing the course has been a required condition of employment with the DFPS and its sub-agencies. A source at DFPS sent Texas Scorecard a screenshot of the email that went to all Child Protective Service employees earlier today from Erica Banuelos, the Director of Field Operations. CPS is a sub-agency of DFPS, which is controlled by the Office of Governor Rhino Abbott. The courses Knowing Who You Are and Knowing Who You Are V2 are no longer being offered by the agency, Therefore, these courses are no longer a requirement for promotion on the CPS career plan, wrote Banuelos. Please note that staff no longer need to submit a deferment request for these courses. All FPS staff with pending deferments for these courses will be forgiven. Oops, sorry, guys. Pardon me. 
Okay, sorry. <laughs> All right, so there you go, guys. It looks like uh, he's getting things done before he's even getting an office. Good job. I think there's one more example here. Yes, uh, here's an article from Rolling Stone of all places, right? Let's see how much credibility we can give to this uh, article. Why would they be writing about Texas in the Rolling Stone magazine? Greg Abbott's administration panicked when an opponent challenged his commitment to transphobia. All right, Rhino Abbott. Greg Abbott has worked hard to establish himself as one of the most MAGA-friendly governors in the United States, but... As he gears up for re-election next year, he's learning that the well of the right-wing depravity hath no bottom. Oh, figures. This is Rolling Stone, right? Still, he seems determined to try to find it. The Houston Chronicle reported on Tuesday that the Texas governor's administration took down a statement-maintained website that committed the mortal sin of directing at-risk teens to a suicide prevention hotline all because one of his challengers criticized how the site empowered LGBTQ plus youth. Oh, God. So this is clear spin bullshit, right? Clear spin bullshit. And uh, 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 what they're saying here is that it's not the trans. It's not that it's transsexual. It's not that it's encouraging kids to uh, get gender mutilated. It's because this was for suicide prevention, right? This was, this, well, what about, what about the kid who's getting private, uh, um, gender reaffirming counseling and her parents didn't know about it. And then she tried to commit suicide. Don't you think that it would have been more beneficial for her parents to have been involved in that conversation? Rolling Stone magazine. Okay. We're going to try and avoid the fluff, but you know, this is a heavy liberal magazine. So uh, it just goes on to say in a video posted to Twitter in late August, former state senator and current at and current Rhino Abbott opponent Don Huffines railed against the Texas Youth Connection, a website he described as disturbing because of the resources it offered LGBTQ plus teens. The state's Department of Family and Protective Services, Huffines argued, was promoting transgender sexual policies to Texas youth. This is Texas. Huffines went on. These are not Texas values. These are not Republican Party values, but these are obviously Rhino Abbott's values. According to the Chronicle, the site was taken down just hours after Huffines posted his rant. The Texas Youth Connection website has been temporarily disabled for a comprehensive review of its content. The site now reads, this is being done to ensure that its information, resources, and referrals are current. All right. I think I'm satisfied with that, guys. It just goes on to talk about the other contenders against Rhino Abbott there in the 2022 gubernatorial race. It's right around the corner, guys. Right around the corners. All right. This is the last article we have from uh, gubernatorial candidate Don Huffines. Uh, and this is from his website. And this is uh, Don Huffines signs term limits pledge pledges term limits for every elected office. The most current article I could find on Don Huffines, uh, dated February 8th, 2022. Term limits, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure that's something that all of us in the audience could definitely get behind, agree with, and vote for. Let's see what this article says. It says here, um, today, conservative Republican candidate for governor Don Huffine signed the U.S. term limits pledge in support of term limits and reiterated his commitment to the policy for every elected office in Texas. 
Plank 76 of the GOP Texas platform reads as follows, term limits. We support term limits of 12 years for federal and state offices. Huffines issued the following statement. The first bills I filed during my time in the Texas Senate were proposals to limit the terms of the governor, statewide officials, and members of the Texas legislature. Term limits are citizens' best defense against career politicians and the Austin Swamp. When I am governor of Texas, I will prioritize the passage of legislation to limit the terms of every elected office in the state. Don Huffines is a proud fifth-generation Texan, husband, father, grandfather, and self-made entrepreneur. A committed conservative, Huffines is fighting to safeguard Texans' elections, phase out property taxes, and secure the border once and for all. Huffines is challenging Governor Rhino Abbott for the right in the Texas Republican primary. Texans deserve leadership, not excuses. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, there you have it. Lone Star News is back, ladies and gentlemen. And that was our first, our premiere episode on our grand return, where we're taking an examination of the Texas gubernatorial race. Don't forget, we got eight contenders on the block. Only one will succeed. And today's episode and the next episode will be highlighting the two strongest opponents to unseat Rhino Abbott and to ensure that uh, we get things done the way that we want them. We, the people, ladies and gentlemen, of this great state of Texas. Thank you all again, ladies and gentlemen, for being with us tonight. It was great to have all of you in the audience. I'm just going to do a quick rundown here before we bow out. Kelly Cummings, Two Rivers, Ankavanka, Curtis Cross. Uh, who else is in here? Who else am I not seeing? Thumper Rose. Uh, let me see who else we got. Who else we got? Who else we got? Who else we got? I'm sure we still got Relanon, Sean Joe. We still got uh, um, one, two, three, SKG. All the, all the, uh, all the repeat offenders. Hey, Ankavanka, thank you for gifting that. Uh, thank you for gifting that cookie over there. Congrats, Mr. C. So proud of you. Thank you, sweetie. Duppies in the house. Always appreciate. Thank you so much, Anka. I always love it when you guys come in and y'all's radiant energy just fills the room and keeps it nice and warm. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm definitely going to have to go back and read the comments from today's episode because you guys, y'all guys were on fire in the chat and y'all, I want to see all of y'all's points of view. I know you guys got a lot in there to, uh, a lot in there to say, share and, uh, enlighten and incite on. So, uh, most definitely if you are Texas kin, if you are Texas family, um, and, uh, well, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll be doing Lieutenant Colonel Alan West in our next episode of Lone Star News. I don't know when that's coming yet. It will be within a week, uh, cause I like to do Lone Star News at least once a week, but if I can do it more, if the spirit moves me, if I get the itch, you'll see another episode sooner than that. Okay, guys. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, if you joined us over at Rumble, if you enjoyed, if you joined us over at Twitch or at Clout Hub, thank you so much for being part of our audience. If you're listening to us over at the podcast, which you can find at anchor.fm slash the C report, or just search the C report on any major podcasting platform or any platform that you prefer to listen to podcasts on. 
Thank you for being part of our audience. Uh, it's much appreciated, much obliged, and much loved, ladies and gentlemen. With that said, I bid you all adieu to my family over at the Foxhole and at Pill.net. You guys are amazing as always, and I appreciate your presence and your attendance in today's show. All right, guys, it's 8 p.m. Central Time. It's time to have some dinner. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll be back with another episode of Mr. C in the Dark. Maybe we won't. I got some uh, appointments in the morning I've got to keep. Uh, but uh, we'll think about it. Depends on how dinner goes. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again and much love. Um, and as I always like to say, guys, be safe, be blessed. God bless America. God bless the great state of Texas. We will see you next time.